Hello everyone, this is Jim Lucy, Editor-in-Chief for Electrical Wholesaling and Electrical Marketing, with the February 8th edition of the Today's Electrical Economy podcast sponsored by Champion Fiberglass. The company began producing epoxy fiberglass conduit and fittings in 1988. In 1989, it developed the first conduit from epoxy resins that had flame resistance and low smoke characteristics. This meant the most stringent codes and specifications. In today's broadcast, we'll explore some key weekly economic indicators that will give you a sense of where the electrical economy may be headed in the coming weeks. We'll also be taking a look at the new data compiled by Electrical Marketing that gives you some insight into the core electrical potential at the state and local level. Let's first check out some of those weekly economic indicators that can offer a look at where the market may be headed. These five weekly indicators are initial unemployment claims at the state level, rail freight car traffic, the Baker Hughes rig count, oil prices, and copper prices. Our thanks again to Champion Fiberglass for sponsoring the Today's Electrical Economy podcast for 2021. We had a terrific response to the presentation last year. We're so happy to be working again with Champion Fiberglass to deliver them to you in 2021. Let's first look at the unemployment claims at the state level. The weekly unemployment data from the U.S. Department of Labor and the U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics highlights the states with the most unemployment claims. This data is valuable to electrical distributors, manufacturers, and reps because it offers empirical evidence of just how big an issue layoffs are now at the local level. On a more positive note, when these claims start declining and establish a trend in this direction, it'll be a clue for you about where the economy is in a certain state and when it is starting to improve. For the week ending January the 30th, the, the advanced figure for seasonally adjusted initial claims was 816,247. For all states to combine, that's a decrease of 23,525 for the U.S. total. When you take a look at the states with the biggest change in their unemployment claims, we have California with 104,409 claims for a weekly increase of 46,183. New York's 75,346 claims, which also showed an increase of 9,096 claims. Florida had 71,046 claims, and it increased its number of claims to 8,228. Surprisingly, we have a state with a comparatively small population in the top five, Rhode Island, with 4,574 new claims. And there's Virginia, with an increase of 3,984 claims. The other states in the top 10 when ranked by increase in weekly unemployment claims were, in order, Colorado, Kentucky, Pennsylvania, Iowa, and Alaska. One of my favorite leading indicators for the overall U.S. economy is freight rail traffic. It's a measure of the raw materials and finished goods being shipped by rail. The best source for this data is the American Association of Railroads, or AAR, which publishes this data weekly. Rail data was pretty strong again this past, past week, with 527,693 carloads in intermodal units, which was up 2.1% compared with the same week last year. AAR Senior Vice President John Gray said, we are encouraged by rail volumes in, in January. U.S. intermodal shipments of carloads of chemicals set new records. Grain had its biggest ever year-over-year -year increase. Total carloads were the highest they've been in a year, and carloads, excluding coal, actually grew year-over-year -year for the second straight month. To be sure, the economy remains under strain with a good deal of uncertainty, but we're cautiously optimistic about the future. Railroads are prepared to support a strong recovery whenever it occurs. When you look at this freight rail traffic by specific product categories, quite a few of them showed an increase in most recent data. They were led by grain by the 40% jump year over year. We also saw some increases for total intermodal units with a 12.1%. Uh, those are the containers that are transferred from uh, rails to trucks. 
You've got chemicals showing a 4.4% increase, farm products with increase of 4.2%, metallic ores and metals up 3.8%, and forest products up 1.5%. If you track the oil market, you're probably familiar with the Baker Hughes rig count, which tracks the oil and gas rigs that are operating. This data is available by state, basin, and nationally at the www.rigcount.bakerhughes.com. This slide gives you an idea of the largest oil and gas deposits. It really shows you just how many of the large plays are in Texas and Oklahoma, and how big an area the Marcellus gas region is, which covers Pennsylvania, Ohio, and parts of West Virginia. We got another small bump in the Baker Hughes rig count over the past week. It was up eight rigs, mostly due to the increase of six rigs in the Permian Basin, which is the nation's largest. The Permian now has 198 rigs operating. That might sound pretty good, but it's still down 207 rigs from this time last year. The, for the U.S. total, the count is 392 rigs, which is down 50% from last year's total of 790 rigs. For the many folks that track oil prices on a day-to-day -day basis who are in these gas and oil producing regions, they're going to be happy to see the trend line for oil price right now. The benchmark West Texas crude is up about 8% in the last two weeks, and prices for a barrel of oil were hovering about $57 on the morning of February 8th. They're getting super close to that $60 per barrel mark that is the rule of thumb where drillers can start making money again. If they hit that mark, it'll be interesting to see where if there's any immediate increase in the Baker Hughes rig count. Economists like to call copper pricing Dr. Copper because it's a leading indicator for future economic activity. That's because it's used in so many industries with the construction industry among the leading markets because of its use in wire and cable and copper plumbing pipe. Copper prices continue to climb, and they remain one of the most bullish economic indicators in the electrical market. The spot copper price was at $3.63 on February the 8th. Now let's take a look at some new electrical sales potential data that electrical marketing and electrical wholesaling editors have developed for at the local and state level. The preliminary annual employment data at the local and state data just came in from the Bureau of Labor Statistics, and I want to give you a glimpse of what it shows and how it impacts electrical sales potential. If you subscribe to Electrical Marketing Newsletter or use the Data in Electrical Wholesaling's Market Planning Guide, you're familiar with the core electrical sales potential estimates and how we develop them using our sales per employee multipliers. We estimate that each employee in an electrical contracting firm accounts for $65,617 of sales potential and that each employee at a factory accounts for $1,747 in total industrial potential. We offer, offer breakdowns on that industrial error for MRO, OEM, and factory automation. When you add that industrial potential with the electrical contractor together, we estimate that it accounts for roughly 75% of all products sold through electrical distributors, and we call that number the core electrical potential, or CEP. This slide shows you the core electrical potential of the 10 largest metropolitan statistical areas, or MSAs, for 2020, and the change in their electrical contractor and industrial employment that influences the numbers so much. As you can see, only two MSAs, the Washington DC Metro and the Phoenix Metro showed any increase at all in core electrical potential, according to our data, but that the increase for both markets was less than 1%. The New York Metro with an 8.2% decrease and the Houston market with a 9.1% uh, decrease had the biggest declines. Electrical marketing updates this core, this core electrical potential data quarterly, and it's available as part of a $99 annual subscription. As you slice and dice this core electrical potential data, you really do learn a lot about the electrical market. One of the things that always amazes me is how consolidated a lot of the electrical sales are. The 10 largest markets shown on the slide here account for 52% of the U.S. total. 
these markets, these states that account for that much are California, Texas, Florida, New York, Pennsylvania, Ohio, Illinois, North Carolina, Michigan, and Georgia. Hard to believe those 10 states, 52% of the U.S. total. The sales potential uh, data that we use at electrical market and electrical wholesaling are just one of several tools available to size electrical market potential. Chris Sokol at Discorp also provides some great insight into local market potential and future sales forecast. We also use our sales per employee estimates to build national sales data in an annual rate of change. As you can see in this chart, our new revised annual sales forecast for 2020 shows an estimated $104.7 billion in sales going through electrical distributors. That's a 2.7% decline from 2019. The historical average for increase or decrease in our industry is an, is an increase of between 4% and 8%. So we're tracking it slightly below that over the last few years, according to our estimates. This concludes our presentation for today. Special thanks to the folks at Champion Fiberglass for sponsoring the Today's Electrical Economy podcast series for 2021. Please contact me if you need a deeper cut of any of the economic data shown in this broadcast today, or if you need information on subscribing to Electrical Marketing Newsletter. Our next presentation is scheduled for Monday, February the 22nd. Thanks and have a great day.